thanks Bruce and thanks to TSBE for hosting us and making this all happen and also uh, Julia and the Engage and Consult, is that the second word? Create. I think. Create, oh, I stuffed it up. But uh, <laughs> they've done a great job pulling this together. We're excited, well I'm excited to be here and to hear the other speakers and, and to just have one-on-one -on -one discussions with you all. I'm going to have uh, two hats on today, which is my life. Um, one is Cultivate Farm, so how do you make it possible for anyone to own a farm? If you've got that dream, we're saying it's possible and we, we want to hear sceptics because uh, we're just trying to figure this out ourselves um, and we know there are solutions, uh, we want to keep uncovering them and inspiring people that it's possible. And the other is an organisation called Odonata, which I'm the CEO of as well. And starting Cultivate Farms, I've met all these people who want to do good with farming and biodiversity. Uh, and have money and have creative ideas around protecting threatened species and how you align that with, with farming and make money whilst doing good for, for nature. So I'll unpack that as well. So I've got these two worlds which sort of cross over really well. Um, and I guess my bigger driver is that I want to support Australia's landscape and I want to support the best farmers on the land to, to make money and look after the land. Uh, and I think both these organisations help me get that bigger vision. So every day is pretty fun for me at the moment. I used to work the Victorian government in environmental policy for 12 years, which was fun, um, but uh, this, this definitely is different and um, I, I enjoy all the conversations I get to have. So usually, and I'll do this more in this uh, workshop a bit later, but um, there's three, three groups I want to talk about today and hopefully all of you fit in one of these categories. The fourth one should be investors, but I took that out and I'm assuming there's lots of investors in here as well into wanting to back people onto farms. Uh, but I want to talk to, uh, to people who want to own a farm um, but don't have millions of dollars in their back pocket. I want to uh, discuss around retiring farmers, so farmers who are willing to share ownership um, and uh, who don't have kids of their own to hand the farm onto or whose kids don't want it. And then I want to talk about if you're in the community and you love the idea of bringing more people or keeping people on farms in your community and how you can do what we're doing, which in summary is, is matchmaking. So that's what we are. We are Coldway Farms, we're matchmakers. Um, I always throw the joke out that we thought about calling ourselves eFarmony, but we just knew it was too corny. Uh, but, uh, the, and, you know, everyone's trying to do, and probably Cass and Sarah have seen this, the Tinder of whatever. Um, we never, I just want to clarify, we never set out to start the Tinder of farming. Um, we had our problem defined. So um, Tim and Tegan Hicks are the co-founders, they're good friends of mine, and we just caught up one day and, Tim's been out landscaping and working for a golf course and having lease blocks here and there and all he wants to do is own a, own a farm and one day he, we caught up and uh, we're just kicking around ideas for his little brother's, um, getting ready for his little brother's wedding and he said, oh, look, all I want to do is be a farmer, Sam, but I don't have five million bucks. Imagine if there was a, if there was a business that bought farms for young people and this light went on in my head and I said, yeah, well, yes, where is that? And I've got a big backstory around how my journey around farming, but um, I annoyed Tim and Tegan after that, and I said, we've got, to, we've got to chase this idea up. Let's Google it. Let's talk to people. And we just ran with it. And we just figured out, what is this thing? We gave it a name, Cultivate Farms, and we've spent the last five years uh, annoying people, calling people, discussing it, finding who's out there to figure out what the business model is. We thought we would be setting up a, a fund to invest into these young farmers. Uh, we thought we needed Australian financial services license. I remember the phone call that I thought, oh well, this is over, to someone who was saying we needed that. And I said, oh, oh well, we tried. To then a week later realizing, 
Ah, this is just matching people. Who knows why people want to farm and then why people want to work together in any business, let alone farming. So there's people out there who are retiring, who we meet every, you know, on the phone all the time. We've had people in tears talking to us saying, the farm's on the market and we don't want to sell. But that's our only option. We don't, didn't realise we could hand ownership on or transition ownership with someone who we aligned with values. So finding those people, matching them with aspiring farmers who are dedicated and proving that they're the best at what they do and getting them to chat and figure out what the best arrangement is. And we're not here to tell them what the correct arrangement is. We're just here to tell them there's all these different ways that lawyers and accountants have set these things up and you just need to pick the ones right for you. And then there's this scary thing called investors. Like we were always stressed out with this word investor. But the investor could be your next door neighbour or it could be someone in, in Brisbane who just happens to have a spare million bucks who can't think of anything better than to own a farm. And they don't know what they're doing. They just need you to tell them how it's going to work and you pull it together and you get your legal agreements in and then they'll match you onto the farm. And these discussions I'm having, I can't believe it. Like <laughs> at the start of this thing, if I knew I'd be talking to investors around with that very discussion, there's one farmer who I said I was going to call yesterday, but I still haven't. Her name's Lucy in South Australia and we've been having this discussion for her for the last two years and I've got an investor, someone with $10 million who wants to back a farmer and they're in our hands in, in connecting them. So I can't wait. I should have done it yesterday. I'll do it today though, calling Lucy and letting her know. <laughs> it's like reading lottery. Uh, that's it. Um, so I guess we're, we're, we're just making this up, but we're, we're proving that it's possible. And that's a lot of what we do. And I'll talk about and what we do here, but that, this word hope is probably the main thing we focus on where there's a lot of big mental barrier we're getting over with a lot of people because no one ever says you can own a farm. I still haven't heard presentations other than Adam's, uh, which is going to come up soon, but it, it, it is possible. And it's not that you need to inherit or win the lotto um, or be in someone's will, which I've heard three stories now of people being given farms. So make sure you get to know your neighbours well. Um, <laughs> it's that you need to have a vision, know there's different pathways to get there and hustle and set up meetings and tell people and have your vision and work hard and spend the next 10 years making your dream a reality. We're not saying it's easy, this is bloody hard work and what you're asking for is ridiculous, but we're, it's absolutely possible. So we spend a lot of time, I'm, I've got four or 500 videos of me talking to a, a dot on my laptop around all these ideas of how you can own a farm. So there's content out there because I'm trying to get the whole industry, retiring farmers, aspiring farmers, the ag industry, the federal environment, uh, ag minister, uh, who keeps changing, um, <laughs> trying to get these people to realise what we're doing is normal, it's real, it's happened before for centuries. We're just trying to make it f happen faster and get the best people on the farms. And without that hope, people aren't going to follow through. And that's what we say to so many, even corporate farmers, is that you're, if you're not giving workers the opportunity to own a farm or get on the pathway to own a farm, why would they get up early and work hard? Uh, we think we're going to transform the industry by giving people this hope that they'll be matched onto a farm. So therefore, they're going to go work on a farm for 10, 15, 20 years and become the best and be a massive asset to any farmer that they work for because they've got that bigger hope that's getting them up in the morning. And so we, we don't do this farm ready stuff ourselves, but we try and find everything we can to point people to. So online courses, uh, education, uh, tactics around how to get access to the very best farmers in a district, Volunt go volunteer, which I love that idea and everyone thinks is crazy, but how do you get access to the very best people to learn from and get their next works? It's to go work for them for free. 
because you're trying to get your skills up so that someone, a retiring farmer or an investor, and we'll talk through who an investor can be in a minute, says to you, you, I've heard a lot about you and I want you on my farm or I want to farm with you. Um, and when they say that, you'll already have a farm pitch for them, which we'll talk about as well. So you're just getting you ready for that moment. And they happen, they happen every day when someone says, let's co-farm together, let's do it. So that's Tim and Tegan Hicks and their, and their four kids. And um, they're pursuing where they've got about, they've probably had 20 lease arrangements in the last five years. Their real estate agents around that area can't believe the opportunities they get because they're annoying. Uh, and that's what we say to everyone. Tim drives up driveways, Tegan bakes cakes for farmers. They're always out there asking, putting things on Gumtree uh, in newspapers saying, we want farms, and just asking. They, uh, they've gotten over that. I remember telling them all about this, and they said, we can't do that. It's awkward. Oh. And I said, well, what do you want to do? Go back to being a landscape gardener and not living the life you want to? He goes, oh, you're right. And so they do it. They are out there hustling all the time, getting lease arrangements. And we've got a couple of feelers out there for ownership opportunities. So I reckon we're a year away, hopefully, from getting them onto their, their dream farm. But we want to prove it's possible with them, and, and we have with others already. And this is me on my dairy farm in central Victoria with my little brother and my two boys. I've noticed look a lot like that, which is really nice. But um, uh, I remember that, that was about the age my dad said, walking back from the dairy, that I'm not getting the farm. And that's a day I was devastated at eight years of age, and I was... I remember drawing all the trucks that I, would, I was going to co-farm with a mate and we're drawing all the trucks we we're going to have on there and all the machinery. And, and that day, dead. Like, it was just inherent in people's minds. No one ever questioned this, that if you're not going to get the farm from your parents, you'll never own a farm. And if you can't own a farm, why would you be a farmer? That was just, I don't know, this is the mentality. And, um, that's something I'm happy to unpack with people around this ownership, but it just felt so ingrained that if you don't own the farm, why would you do it? And that's just me. There's other people who have different views, but I'm finding it's a common view across Australia and probably the world that people want to have ownership in some form. Um, and so now, I love the idea that other eight-year-olds across Australia who are walking back from the dairy with their parents and they say, you're not getting a farm, they go, well, screw you, parents. <laughs> I'm going to get a farm anyway and I know how to get there uh, and I'm going to hustle and I'm going to be annoying and one day... I'm going to own a bigger farm than, farm than you have. So lessons we've learnt is, um, and Adam is, I think we're going to do some homework on this one, Adam, is it 32 years to save to get the average uh, uh, equity to get debt for the average farm? And that's a really rough calculation, but it's a long time. Uh, we think that's too long. How do we shut that down? We'll cut, close that down to a few years. And it's not that you're going to own the farm 100% outright, probably ever. I think that's fine but it's how do you have some form of ownership, whether it's the land or the business or both. Retiring farmers think that there's only a few options. is either you die on it, give it to your kids, or you sell and walk away. And we're saying there's probably you know, 10 other options out there, uh, and let's just figure out what you want out of life, not let's figure out what normal ways of getting off your farm are. There are people with money who don't know you exist, and that's terrible. <laughs> They need to know you exist and they want to give it to you. Uh, and we're trying to build this ecosystem of investors out there, mum and dads, uh, who love the idea of investing in a farm, probably never actually ever thought about it, but would, as soon as you, they, talk, they hear about it, they go, wow, yes, I'd rather buy that than a holiday house. How do we get more people like that to invest into you? And then re regional communities, 
so often they feel so de defeated. I've, had, I've been to one forum, I think it was in northern New South Wales, I can't remember exactly where it was, but I still remember someone saying, as if anyone wants to live in our community. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? I don't think it matters matter where you are in Australia. If people knew that there was a retiring farmer, and we get it every day, who's willing to share ownership, or there's an investor willing to back someone into a community, we would have a thousand farmers right there having a crack at it. And that's what we're trying to inspire these regional communities is that, don't you realise what you've got? And you know everybody in your community. You know the old farmers who are wanting to step back and happy to share ownership. You know the ones who would hate that idea, and so you won't ask them about it. Uh, and you know people who've got money in the bank who don't know what to do with it, uh, and you can get it out of them. <laughs> so how do you, as a member of the community, who want more people shopping, who want more people staying, be a matchmaker? And that's what we're, we've got a couple of projects that we're focusing on in communities to show that that's possible. Because you don't, you don't need us. We should be out of a job, um, but hopefully we're not. But uh, anyone can do this matchmaking. Our big vision is, and our thesis, our thesis is, ownership is key to anyone staying in a region or owning a f or farming. We think that's key, and it's not, okay, it's not the, the be-all and end-all for everyone. But we think if we can make it possible, give people the vision that it is possible to own a farm, we can get a brain drain back from the cities to the bush. We want to rejuvenate regional communities. And our mission is we break down barriers. And mainly this is mental barriers. That's pretty much it. It's uh, people going, as if this is possible. You're crazy. It only works in Victoria. Or it only works for 400 hectare farms. And it only works for cropping. It's like, it doesn't matter what size farm it is. It doesn't matter where it is, as long as you're getting two people or two couples or whatever it is together, you can work out anything. So you just get it there and find those opportunities and get rid of those mental barriers and get rid of those people around you who, who else who are, who are bagging you out and pulling you down and because um, life's too short. I feel like a motivational speaker. <laughs> um, Here's just a, a lot of words to show you that technical arrangements are out there. They happen every day for how these ownership deals can happen. We're learning, we're not experts in all this, we're not financial advisors, we're not lawyers or accountants, we're just documenting a journey that there's all these different ways that ownership can work. So don't stress about the details. You just need to find someone, and that's our, that's our main goal in what we say. You need to find one person, one person who likes you, has a farm, or access to buy a farm, who, who wants to, to do a deal with you. And then you can get the lawyers and accountants in to, to do the details. And this is, the, this is really the, um, the, the process. So it's, you first need to know your vision, know what you want as a retiring farmer and as an aspiring farmer, meet someone you really like, and then bring the experts in. So don't, we don't provide any of that legal advice or uh, financial advice. You need your experts to do it. Uh, but basically, re-emphasising it, don't let technical solutions slow you down. Just one case study to show match were made 12. We've got another couple on the way. We've got 26 on our website. If you want to farm more in southern Australia, but um, hopefully we'll get more in Queensland very soon, and that's why we want you guys out there annoying people so we can get more. Uh, so Judy, Judy and Charlie Hocking. Judy is my grade three teacher, and she's been following our journey. And uh, she rang me up one day and said that, oh, Sam, our work has just left. Now, kids don't want the farm. We're going to die on this farm. What are you doing again? What's this thing you're doing? Um, I said, Judy, that sounds great. We could find you a farmer to share ownership. She said, I don't care what it is. They can have ownership as much as they like. We just want them to dedicate and working hard and we want to potter around and do what we want. Um, we promoted it and we had heaps of applicants and then within a week they found the farmer they wanted and now 
this couple are on a journey to only a $10 million farm. There's no, where's the applause? <laughs> um, like, that's nuts. And, it's, it can ha- and it happens every day. We're not involved in it. We hear it all the time. Um, and we just need to get more of these case studies out. That's what we're finding. People want case studies that sort of relate to what they're doing. So our job is hunting case studies and making them happen ourselves so we can get over that mental barrier and get more people re- realising their dreams. If you go to colorblackfarms.com, farms, you'll see all our farms. Some of them are small farms, but what I'm getting and maybe a little bit frustrated about it is how do you know, my big vision is a 10,000 acre farm, but there's a 500 acre farm here. How do we still get these aspiring farmers to go, I'm going to go for that 500 acre farm, get some ownership in it and use it to leverage Suncorp or whoever it is to go again and again and again. So we're just trying to get people to think, you're not probably going to get the ideal farm straight away, but how do you know what your vision is and work your way to get there? This, we are another great case study we, we talk about all the time, but Claire and Mark Coates were the winners, I guess, out of, um, again, no one's um, ever questioned whether this is true or not, but the, we think it's a world first farmer investment incubator where 13 farmers pitched. Uh, we just got them together to an investor who I'd spent the last two years getting to know and show that we weren't crazy. And they said, all right, bring me some farmers and I might back someone. And so we sat around a table with, um, 13 pitches, one, some were one pages, some were 40 pages, uh, and we just went through them all and picked out top three, and at the end of the session, he was really impressed, and he goes, all right, which one? And I, I, I couldn't believe it. I go, um, all right, oh, this one. So Claire and Mark were easily the best free-range pig farm in, in Victoria, and they met each other. Six months later, they're on their farm, and co-farming has been 18 months, and they're loving it. Um, it's a... The investors bought 100% of the land and 50% into the business, so the free-range pig farm, and now they've got a first right to buy back half, half of the land is the goal. And it could vary over time, but the main thing is they want to help them build wealth, and then they'll go again if they want to. So to me, the, I know this investor really well, and these people now have a connection with an investor who has amazing connections across <laughs> Australia and with other investors. And they're just on an amazing trajectory, and that's the value I want to see people to have is that, oh, I don't want an investor to invest with me, and then I've got to answer to them. And I think you have now a massive champion on your side who's going to take you to the next level, or another opportunity pop up, and you've got them in your back pocket, and they've got a mate who might be able to invest. I just think it's so powerful, this idea of, of co-farming. And we're running it again. So uh, it's in New South Wales and Victoria only, so you should be really annoyed at that, and you should be telling the Queensland government and everyone, let's do one locally, and let's get a couple of investors locally, get them to say, I'll commit a couple of million bucks to this, and we get 10 farmers over six months, get them to pitch, do massive media, Dolby's open for farming, um, and inspire the best into ownership. And mainly we think this is going to inspire the rest of Australia to get off their butts and download our pitching template and have a document ready so that they are ready to jump onto opportunities and make their own opportunities. I found this investor by being annoying. Why isn't everyone else in Australia doing it and getting out there and using Instagram and Twitter and accessing people? Because they're everywhere. You just got to show you want it. Um, Coldback communities working with three regional communities, Tawong, who have been impacted by bushfires, Campastabi and Mildura, to find local champions, to get them to be matchmakers themselves. So we're going through this journey trying to find practical ways to that everyone can do this every day. So I'd love to have a, a guide and some case studies on how that works. But again, we say we, we are, you don't need us, you can do it. And then through the workshop, I'll go through some of these tactics, but I just want to quickly talk about 
you know, from aspiring farmer point of view, what you should be doing to create your own farm ownership pathway plan. And that's what we do with our aspiring farmers. We, we sit down and figure out their, their situation and work backwards to what, what their pathway could be. And, you know, it's not a certain journey, but it's a, there's you know, some tactics you can do. And, and knowing it's possible is the reason why you keep going with that, that path. Um, to help you get there, um, we often just outline who are these investors. So you're either trying to get an investor or a retiring farmer, and people get the idea of a retiring farmer, but we spend a bit of time just getting people's head around this same thing. Same thing that there's technical arrangements and how ownership can work. You don't need to be an expert on that, but just know that it's possible. The same thing here with investors. You don't need to be a technical expert in understanding how investment works and, uh, and who investors are and what they're looking for. It's just knowing that there's a million different combinations and most of these have not been unpacked or pulled apart or jumped on very well. And it feels like our burden is how do we get more people becoming investors into farms? Um, so retired farmers with, how much is a farm worth around here? 10 million bucks. Yeah, depends where you are. But 10 million bucks, everyone's going, what are they doing with that money? How do we get them to reinvest into farms? Self-managed super, uh, obviously wealthy farmers and wealthy individuals um, how do you leverage the farmer you work on? Obviously, they're very clever business people and you want to build their wealth. How do you get to build your own wealth by helping them build their wealth? Um, banks, still amazing source of investment uh, and public equity crowdfunding. So we're working with Domacom and hopefully in a month's time, we'll have the second ever crowdfunded farm um, done where people for $2,500 can own a piece of land for a 4% return plus the capital gains. Um, Unlocking that stuff is what we want to keep doing. But um, from an aspiring farmer point of view, we talk about hope. So one is uh, making sure you've got that hope that you can own a farm, write down your vision. Then it's farm, farm ready. Make sure you're good enough. Go work on a farm. Go volunteer. And we can go, we'll go through all these tactics at the workshop. And then farm matchmaking. Write letters and put them in um, letterboxes of farmers that you really admire and you love to work with. Um, go do your own matchmaking yourself. Go to places where retirement age farmers are. Do what you have to, to get yourself in the right position to meet people, whether they're retiring farmers or investors. And I think the bottom line of this is confidence. We see so many farmers who, um, you know, you ask them at a dinner party and they, what do you want to do? And they say, oh, farming. And they're just really shy about it. And it's like, if Cass or Sarah had one of their entrepreneurs doing that, they'd be like, what? You need to be pitching every single second. And how do you flip that around so that every single aspiring farmer has that plan mapped out? I'm going to own a farm in 10 years' time. I'm the best farmer in the district. I've uh, you know, boosted these crops to this level. Uh, I know how to run a farm. I've just put my plan together. I'm going to build in my equity, but I've, I'm just going to hit, head on to a retiring farmer investor. Um, have you got a farm? <laughs> Same thing with retiring farmers. We want them to take control of their journey. Every time we talk to a retiring farmer, we say to them, what do you really want out of life? And I'm just taking that slide out, but I'll talk about it later. We give them seven questions that we don't care what the answer is. We just say, what do you want for yourself, for your farm? Have you told your kids? Um, make sure they know they're not getting the farm if that's what you want. Um, how much money do you need? Do you need to get half a million out to go buy a house in town? Again, we don't care what it is, but we're using that to help them describe the, f the farm that they want, the legacy they want. Do they want to stay and work on the farm? Do they want to get a house in town or stay on the farm? All those sort of questions. We don't care, they're not, it's their property. We just want them to, to know what it is they want and we work backwards from there to find the right farmer who matches with that. And then from a community's point of view, I just want to flick through some ideas here that 
and this idea that anyone can be a matchmaker. Uh, you should be thinking about matchmaking more than uh, relationship matchmaking. That's old school. This is the new cool thing to do. Farm matchmake. Uh, farm shark tank. I kept on saying farm shank yesterday. But uh, this idea that we can run a farm, uh, you know, get a farm, get a couple of farms in this district, get a couple of investors, put a date on and, and a criteria, and we want 10 best farmers in Australia to come and pitch at the town hall meeting and, and we'll get you onto a farm. And that day, those farms will be matched. We'll get Suncorp to back it. Like, how do you do programs like this to get people fired up? Um, locals investing together. This is a case study of, in northwest Tassie where a dairy farmer has won lots of awards share farming, um, built his way up, and he just saw that the same problem. There's not enough next-gen farmers coming through. So he said, all right, I'll find a farm. I'm going to oversee it. I'm going to get a... He got a builder to be the farmer, and he did a town hall meeting, and he got four investors, and I think it was around 800000 or a million they needed, but he got four investors around $200,000 each that night. And now the farm's running and they're doing, they're, they're really profitable. Love that sort of concept of people. That's probably just that people didn't know there's an opportunity like that or have someone to package it up. Community Farm Fund, um, and again, something I'd love to unpack more, but how do you offer an opportunity to say, we're going to leverage debt and to focus on getting next-gen farmers into our community. Uh, and we want 50,000, 100,000, 200,000 investment. It's going to be a 4% return or whatever it is but we're going to focus on leveraging getting next-gen into the community. How do we build funds like that? And I still haven't got an example, and I want someone to jump onto that and be the Bendigo Bank of, of farming. And the big one, I think, is how do you support advisors and accountants, lawyers, to know that this is normal? I've heard so many times farmers going, oh, yeah, I've thought about vendor finance. I had a, um, had a farmer lined up, and I told my accountant, he said, no. And that's it. And that happens all the time. How do we get these advisors to go, I get it. How do we get real estate agents to know they still can get their commission and do a vendor finance arrangement? How can we get banks to see how they can fit in with a vendor finance? And again, it's so good to have Adam here to talk about that. He's got some great examples. We just need people to think a bit differently because if those accountants and law firms um, don't have farmers, they don't have jobs. So how do we ensure that they're getting more farmers, which means more clients? And so how, they th how do we get them to think creatively? So that's it. That's Cultivate Farms. How long have I got? Thanks for your attention. We know there are thousands of other things you could be doing or other podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen to listen to us. We appreciate your time so much. Please reach out uh, as we're happy to work through your farm ownership pathway with you. Let's get you farming.